Welcome to The Shed Wireless, a podcast shoulder to shoulder, virtually. Hello and welcome to Series 2, Episode 2 of The Shed Wireless. Coming up in this episode, he is Australia's favourite gardener, a thinker, a big believer in shedding, and he sports the finest beard this side of the North Pole. Costa Georgiadis is our special guest. You know you're an icon when you only need one name, and Costa the gardener is undoubtedly an icon. Apparently his passport says he's actually Costa Georgiadis, and he's actually a landscape architect and TV presenter, initially host of Costa's Gardening Odyssey and then Gardening Australia, but he's just Costa the gardener to us, although he has moonlighted as a garden gnome, and we may well get to that. Welcome to the Shed Wireless, Costa. What a pleasure to be knocking around in the shed. Welcome to the shed. How's COVID Costa coping? Look, it's it's been actually busier than ever before because more and more things are online um, where I would normally be out in a particular part of the country, be it, you know, Cairns or Alice or Darwin or, or Dubbo or Bendigo or whatever on a given weekend. Now that those things have all gone online, I'm actually in multiple places all weekend. So, so it's great that, that people have adapted. It's great that technology has really lifted and and and, and is enabling people to, to meet without the transport. So in, in some ways, I think one of the big, one of the big legacies of all of this will be the fact that there's been a lot of people traveling for a long time when technically they could have just done it online and and finally the the power of that online meeting place has come into its own and and that's that's really positive for for the environment that's for sure see i'm interested that you have that reaction i'm not surprised on the one level because that is the positive reaction and that's exactly what i expected from you but on the other hand you love people and you're very tactile and you love being in and amongst humanity and it does deny you the chance to do that at least for reals oh you're spot on and and it's, it's been a really interesting time on that front because you, you nailed it in the sense that, yes, I love people and I love being up front and up close. And, and there, is, there is a kind of almost an expectation when people see me, they just lunge and, <laughs> and want to hug. And it's been an interesting process that I had to initiate and change straight away, which because normally as someone leans, I lean and, and we meet. But I've actually had to physically take a step back because it's easy to forget and people are so used to seeing me and saying, hey, Costa, put their arm around me, giving a hug, a high five, taking a photo, whatever it is. And the only way I could do that was to actually sort of step back and sort of go, yeah, yeah, well, let's get a photo. We can take a photo from a distance. And, you know, in my position, I can't flaunt that sort of stuff because you're in a public light and, and it's not a good look. So in that sense, there is a part of me that has gone without something that's been a staple for a lot. Well, that, that is me. It's just a staple that feeds me. But I've kind of adapted and, and gone, well, for the reasons that we need to look after each other, I'll, I'll, I'll do this and um, we'll, get back to, we'll get back to hugging and, um, and putting our arms around each other sometime soon. I know you have a worm farm. I know you have a garden. Do you have an actual shed? Um, that's a good 
question. I, look, I, I don't, I don't have a, a physical structure that people would, could, could term a shed. So you know, your your auditor would come and go, no, there's no <laughs> shed, right? But he has all the ingredients of multiple sheds, but they're just not housed in a structure otherwise known as a shed. So I have, I have little little compiles. So a deconstructed shed. That's what they're doing with food now. That, that, that's. Yeah, mate, you, you took the words right out of my mouth because there's a deconstructed shed in the courtyard, there's a deconstructed shed against the fence line with all the pots and things. My garage is my shed and it's, well, put it this way, there's, there's not a lot of room in it for vehicles. <laughs> there are a lot of shedders across Australia right now who are nodding knowingly at that. You don't have exclusivity on that situation, I can assure you. Hey, is it true you're 56 years old? Is it true? Yeah. Rumor, rumor would say that that be uh, that's the that's the target zone. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing to me. You look thirty two. What's your secret? Well, look, if you're going to sort of say those sorts of things, I'll I'll do an interview every day of every week of every year. <laughs> the shed is brought to you by Costa. Henceforth, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well, I'll, I'll just be there every day. Well, the problem is, I'm younger than you, but if I grew your beard, I'd look like Santa Claus. That's my problem. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I suppose I'll probably, I'll feel 21 when I'm about 81, and I'll feel 50 when I'm about 100, and, and I'll feel 100 when I'm about 150. You know, it's sort of one of those things, I suppose. I, I get so much positivity, energy, and drive by engaging with people of all ages, and particularly young children, because um, I... I, I see I see that awe and excitement and I see the awe and excitement and energy that young people bring to elders as well. For me, when I can join the joy, the vision and the wide-eyed awesomeness of life of youth with the experience, perspective and metronome-like beat of elders, that, that's my sweet zone because then you, you bring youth to the elders and you bring experience and knowledge to the youth and that's a fusion that will create the future for me. That, that, that's, that's where it's at when, when we can bring our elders and our kids together. And, and you know the sheds sheds are such a wonderful place and, and have traditionally been that place you know to go to grandpa's shed and he fixes something or to, to go into the from, from a, a, an elder's point of view if it, if it wasn't grandpa it was it was grandma and, and that might have been you know repairing something as well and that could have been clothes it could have been something in the kitchen it could and it still could have been out in the garden with grandma but either way that, that the power of our elders is, is for me the the, the biggest asset we have as a community. I know that you lost your dad not very long ago. Was he that for you? You're talking about an exchange of ideas and wisdom across generations. Was he that for you? Oh, yeah. You know, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't seem like it seems like five minutes ago that 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 he passed, and yeah, I miss him dearly. But yeah, he was that. He 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 was so he was so ruthless with his. He's, he was so rigorous in terms of doing things and doing them well, and and that that is just so embedded in me. Even though at the time it was one of the most frustrating things because he was so 
he was so precise about stuff and he wanted you to do it right, but he, he didn't want to do it to, to upset you, even though it did. <laughs> because because there were times where you just couldn't get it good enough. But you realise that, that that was the training ground. I mean, that that's now how I look at things. And if I'm going to do something, I'll do it and do it right. I won't just bodgy it up and... and and that, I suppose, that ethos and that, that, that ethic, that, that do it once and do it right ethic is, is so embedded. And, and I see it when, when I go to sheds and I see the, the characters in there. And, you know, I've been to sheds where they've been gifted lathes and, and incredible technology from one of their, from one of their own who has passed. And, and then they're using this technology to, to perfectly drill a hole into the rim of a wheel so that that can go back onto an old billy cart and that billy cart lives and breathes again but it's been done with the precision of a of an aeronautical engineer because of the stakes at hand with that not being drilled properly and popping off mid-flight and, and the plane falling from the sky like that that's something that I think ties right back to everything my dad taught me we can do things I suppose the other thing that it taught me was it doesn't have to be a hundred percent and sometimes you, you, you've got to accept, well, 82% is good enough if the lesson's learnt, you know, and we've got to bring everyone along as well. That's especially true in gardening because plants literally have a life of their own and can't always be bent to your will as you might like. Exactly, and, and those lessons, those lessons that come through through failure in gardening, yes, everyone has death on their hands. It's really, the, they're the best lessons, provided that you rebake the situation and you, you, you look at it and say, well, why? Not, oh, well, it died, I've got a brown thumb. No, everyone's killed things. Why did it die? It died because it was underneath the downpipe and it was in soaking wet ground. Or no, it died because you planted it and then went away for three weeks and it basically had no water. And once you got back, it was all over. So, so there's always a reason. And anyone you, you speak to, if you go and visit Sophie Thompson's garden over in Adelaide, she'll tell you when you're googling and ooing and ahhing about the beauty of that plant. There, she will say, yeah, yeah, but that's the fifth thing that's been there and I finally found the one that 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 is happy you know that salt bush is loving that spot whereas I tried three other perennials and they didn't work and and I think we can apply that to 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 so many things and and for me winning and success are only what they are because of not winning and not having success and and they're as valuable if not more valuable in terms of creating a, a foundation and resilience and and a strength to discern and understand and explore and, and drag out meaning, meaning in everything and even the smallest of things. There's there's meanings and lessons and, and I, I, I'm not saying that to over-dissect it, but the clues are there if we want to see them. But it's very easy with the wrong training to just go, I'm a victim. Oh, no, I can't do Oh, no, I've always, I just can't. No, 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 sorry. <laughs> that won't cut it and it never, ever could cut it because... We can learn every day. The moment we think we know everything, I think that's the day you put in the worm farm. I'm interested because clearly you have been a thinker and a philosopher and gardens are particularly conducive to doing that. But you've been that all your life. But without dwelling on the age thing, time marches on. You have been confronted with the mortality of your own dad quite recently as well. How is your 
attitude to life, aging, your time on the planet and how you spend it. How is an aging Costa changing? Oh, well, I suppose it's really interesting because the more I do what I do, the more I love what I do and the more that's what I want because it's actually a need in that sense that I really love the engagement. I love the opportunity to share people's stories and then share how those stories fit into not just my take on the world but but lots of different perspectives for, for, for people to take something from. So I, I feel like as time goes on, I want less things and more experiences. That That's what really I appreciate. You know, I, I love that every person we tell a story about through the work I do with Gardening Australia, each person I'm like always keen to just see their take on the world because we're all so different and you know I don't have time to meet everyone on the planet but I'll give it a shake in terms of those that I do meet they've got a story and I and I don't I'm not into stereotypes because the moment you stereotype there'll still be a grain of of goodness and a grain of interest and a grain of of kind of left of field story that's worth finding out and if we if we start stereotyping well then we may as well we may as well just submit the story or the or the or the connection before we've even done it you know because it's like I'm going there because I know this guy look at him he's a bearded hippie he's just going to be tripping on about those things or this person's a far-right conservative and they're not going to listen you know we can we can get and and things are so polarized today everyone and everything is pushing towards you've got to be in a camp you've got to be defined you've got to be with this mob and if you're with this mob that that's what you believe and all that and i i just think i'm the opposite i i want to break all that the more i learn and the older i get and the more i see life the more i just want to break it down not carry baggage put down those stereotypes and just enjoy people's stories because we haven't got anything more than that. I'm not taking anything with me. And I, 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 try, and, I try and just appreciate the exchange and, the, and, the, and the, back, the back road of someone's life because that's, they're the nuggets. That's the gold for me. I'm kind of more excited about the future than ever because I, I want to keep simplifying it, even with the technology that we have and, and all of the, the, the expectations and whatever. It just is just this capacity for renewal and if we keep renewing our outlook and 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 keep seeing the world with awe and and the more i get into nature the more i get into the wild part of life and and wilderness and the environment you realize that that's what we're here for to, to be part of that not not to keep fabricating this stuff like i need stuff i'll be better when i have more stuff no i'll be better when i have more time and i see some you know a cluster of native bees on the parsley head that i left to die and i didn't cut because i was anal retentive about oh that's dead i should cut it i left it there and it became home for these bees to come to my nature strip that i've never ever seen before in my life like that's a gift you can't buy that doesn't matter whether you're Kerry Packer or Rupert Murdoch you can't buy nature you can only provide the space and allow it a chance to come in and when it comes in that well um, that, that's the pinnacle I reckon and that, I'm, I'm just getting more and more out of that whole connection back to nature as as days go by it's kind of becoming becoming such a clearer focus do you ever get down um oh, look if I stay and look at the news all the time that's not <laughs> 
that's enough to, to compost you. Um, but I, I was talking to some Year 12, a group of Year 12 girls who were the, the school's leaders for the year. They were the different house captains and sport captains and, you know, sustainability leaders and school captain and vice captain and, you know, all that, all the, all the different things. There was about 30 of them, um, which I think is kind of nice as well because it, that's, that's a really good proportion of, of a school year if you, if you can break it out and have, have different leadership roles. I was speaking to them about life and outlook and the role as a leader and being in, in the spotlight and stepping forward and stepping out of the pack, not stepping back into the pack. And I said, them, you know, the thing that, that can save you being dragged into these debates and it getting personal and bringing you down personally is that you have an issue, you have a position on something, but that position is not you. It's not, no one can criticise me. They can criticise my position on an issue, like I believe in Vergeguard, and someone someone can have a position and say, no, they don't believe it, but they can't. If, if I don't hang that in my heart, then any criticism is about the issue, and I think that's the key thing, that the tactics of the day these days is all about attack the person. If we allow people to attack us, then they'll bring they'll bring us down. But I don't allow that because you can attack the issue. You can attack that I'm saying something positive about the environment and you don't want to or you don't believe that. But you can't attack me and I don't give you the right to. And because of that, then I look at these things with a with an external position. And that don't don't get me wrong though. That's not to say I'm not passionate about it. Because then you could say, oh well you're just being distant and you're not committed no no no, no, I'm committed. I'm committed more than ever, but I'm not committing my emotional petrol tank to that because that's when people can get a, get a hold of you and get you to react. And then when they get you to react, they grab hold of the emotional roller coaster and send you off on the way. And then you got no, you got absolutely no control over that roller coaster. It's going to go up and down or whatever. And no, 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 you, know, you don't, you can't do that to me. You can do that to the issue. You can do that to that position or to that that cause, but not to me. So for that reason. I don't let it get me down. I'll still fire up. I'll go mongrel about it. I'll take you on and have a good, a good solid debate. But you got no right sticking a dagger into my heart and trying to drain me. Like that, I'm sorry. So, so you know, in that sense, I can look at the news and go, that's shite. I don't believe in that. We should not be destroying indigenous artifacts that are older than any part of history. You, you know, that, like... You pick a topic, I could rattle off a million of them, right? But I kind of have that, that capacity to, to remain passionate and feisty, but don't go trying to undermine me on a personal level because that's not, you, you have no, you got no right to do that. So that, that's kind of why I'm up because I won't let things drag me down because if they drag me down, then that drags everyone down. So my takeaway from this conversation, I'm going to summarise down to Costa says the key to happiness and calmness and fulfilment is don't let the poo stick to your fur. Is that, is that... Mate, that... <laughs> That's exactly it, and and you know, someone was asking me recently where did that incubate, and I and I and I thought about it, and I thought early days it probably started at school when I started debating. Yeah, it's it's completely arbitrary, right? You can argue that spoons are better than forks, and you've got to die in that ditch, but it actually isn't a reflection on your own worldview. You get to wrestle the idea, not the person, right? That's 
And that's exactly what I was trying to say in that. You know, here I was talking to these girls today and the other day and sort of saying, you're in this very valuable time in the final months of your school year. It's been a crazy year. It's been extreme. You've had to go with without sort of things that you've been expecting for so long. But that, that builds a certain resilience and you'll remember that, you know. You, 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 you'll, you'll be benchmarked as this year and what was the benefits? What were the good things that came out of that? And, and probably the other the other space that that built that resilience was refereeing sport, refereeing rugby, because you you are the focus. Whatever which way, someone's going to win, someone's going to lose, and you're going to be damned by either team. So having done that for 25, 30 years, you learn very early that you go out there and what you need to do, and I, and I suppose I look at it as exactly what you said. You need to just oil the skin and remain supple. Because if you become rigid, you just get blown over. You get knocked over. But when you're supple, then the, the, the shite doesn't stick. Just move on. And you go, yeah, yeah, I appreciate your opinion in the grandstand 100 metres away. But I'm standing right over the position where it happened. So with all due respect, you can hold your opinion. But this is what happened. And yeah. you just carry on. Extending your idea, the decision, right or wrong, is not you, is it? It's just the decision. <laughs> that, that, that's right. I'm, I'm making a decision. And one of the most interesting things that, and, and having done a lot of referee coaching, I'd have to explain this to the younger referees or the new referees, didn't matter whether they were younger or not. If you don't know, say you don't know. Yeah. It's the best and only answer because there will always be a sniper out there willing to chop you down because you just made up some on-the-spot answer, like in terms of an answer to a question, you know, in an interview or in, in a talk or somewhere. But on the field, you know, I could have just looked across to check that the backs were on size. And at that point, you've knocked it on. The player opposite you said he knocked it on. You don't say anything. I didn't see anything. I then say to the player opposite you, no, he didn't. And he knows that you did. And then all of a sudden, that will ripple throughout the rest of that team. As that stupid ref, he's a... And, and then they go off their game and it turns into a into a quagmire and you've got to and then what happens is people get injured because they're tense and they get hurt and I and I could literally time the point to which an injury will happen because someone's tense but whereas you know when I had that situation happen I'd just go mate I didn't see it I was looking away it'll balance up in the wash play on you know and you just run with them and say yep it'll all be good and the player just settles they don't pollute the rest of the team and and it's the same you know I just see that in, in everything that you you just, you got to be transparent because you, you're then going to have to try and tell stories to make up for, for not calling it as it was. And we can't know everything. I don't know everything. I don't know. I know barely in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> I'm learning every day. And, and, and that's the best part. Talk about why am I positive? I'm positive because I won't learn a tenth of the stuff that I'd love to know, but one tenth of that tenth is going to keep me busy for years and <laughs> and, and just make every day a, a, a reason to jump out of bed and just go, what? what's on? <laughs> and every time you say, I don't know, it's a chance to learn something new. Costa, I once read you in a magazine say, you're looking forward to panning the river of your life because there'll be lots of gold chunks. Well, you've 
given us lots of gold chunks of wisdom today. I could talk to you forever. Thank you for joining us in the Shed Wireless, and I hope you'll be able to join us physically in some sheds in the not-too-distant future, because there's plenty of gardens attached to sheds these days as well. Thank you for sharing your wisdom and being so generous with your time, and we'll see you on the telly really soon. Oh, Aaron, absolute treat to, to jump into the shed, and, and a big call-out to all the people out in the sheds and, and what they're doing. I, I, I see the value that you're bringing to communities around the country and um, that it brings a, a pure joy to my heart because the knowledge base and the sharing base that sheds represent is something that I'll, I'll support now and every day forever. So, uh, yeah, thanks for the chance to, uh, to chat to your teams.